0: Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Ah, uh, wait on. We're gonna We're going to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw where you want to go. You know, that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know that. That's a great question. I mean, we have some really guys doing really well. We have some live reps today, so I'm looking forward to seeing today. Right, you know, I stand behind the punter, so but we, we're fielding it cleanly. You know, I think Billy's just had so many reps in history of being a punt returner. So I'm um, anxious to see what Billy can do. You know, just he's really cleaned up his technique with us. But you know, we get to see the nation kid back there catching punts. You know, he's he's going to be dynamic someday. Maybe it's now. I don't know. You know. We have a bunch of guys returning the ball. They all look good. So, but exactly where they stand, that's a great question. I don't know, that I know that until I watch today's tape.
1: Welcome back. Coffee and Cream, Ravi Lula, Damon Benning here with you. We are joined now by Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing good. Sam, long time no talk,
2: man. Have you missed me or yeah, not really? No. <laughs> I did. Yeah. But I feel yeah, like I did. I, I was I, like,
0: I, where's, where's Damon on Monday? I like, oh, he must be a practice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our guys voted to go early just because they had been going early all summer so it kind of caught me off guard last week but you know hey <laughs> you got to adjust man
0: I don't blame them for wanting to go early why not want to get these things out of the out of the way right like you know
2: and and I I think it's easier so we're you know we're twice a day but the second time has to be you're you're in a time crunch right so I think it's easier to get your work, the hard work, the physical work out of the way in the morning and then the walkthrough in the afternoon. Because you can't – like the rules are you can't – it can't be more than a sprint at any point right. in the practice. So it's like the, the rule – it's – I mean, it's, it's pretty technical and you never know All, with drones now and stuff. You're not trying to skirt the issue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> could, you, um, could you imagine playing this week? I mean, that would be tough, right? Yeah. Like, then there's
2: teams doing it. Yeah, so they got to start a week before we did. So I know, but it's still early. It, it like, does because the, it's the first full week of school. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want that, you know, because Friday was our first day back for, the, for our sophomores through seniors. And I'm not going to lie. I thought our practice was real average, right? So, like, I can imagine – you know, first full week of school and getting acclimated to the time because it does something different to your to your mojo.
0: hmm Yeah, I guess the, we'll see if the bye week helps. You know, for prep in Belt West, middle of the season, whatever it is. But it's quick. It's starting fast. You know, everything's kind of kind of moving moving quickly. Is within uh, within the prep world now.
2: So where did we lose track of the time? How did we go from seeing you in Indy to Nebraska being in the dog days of camp? <laughs> I'm that's serious, right? It, like, which one was late? Is the season earlier or was Big Ten Media Days <laughs> later? Because I know we missed a gap. Media Days is late.
0: Um, the Big Ten goes last now. I wonder I wonder if that's going to be the case going forward. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's possible that, you know, the Big Ten going up to 18 or maybe even 20 teams, uh, they could do something very different next year. With their setup, so they're—I mean—they're going to have to go to four days. I mean, they have to. They have to. They have to. They can't. If they go to twenty teams, they can't do ten teams each day. Just go to three or four days. Mm. The league—the league's so cheap, though. I mean, it's just—they just, make—they make so much money, and they're so cheap. And it's weird. It's just—it's it, like. They really need somebody to go in there and, like, be in charge of hospitality and all that other stuff because they, they, the operation has just become cheap. I mean, they won't even do a poll for a preseason poll. Anyway, I, we're on to Nebraska now, but, yeah, the Big Ten. I, you know, I sent in my questionnaire after the media days. I'm like, you guys got to stop being so cheap.
2: <laughs> hey, AP, AP poll <laughs> comes out by the, about the time we get off air, right? Is that about right? Oh, I'll bet it's at noon. I
0: don't know. I'm not in, I'm not doing the poll this year. Um I wanted to take a break. Uh Amy Just is gonna be doing gonna be doing the A P poll.
2: Go Amy. Um, it's your birthday. Coming
0: up Amy. this year. And she'll do a great job. Um yeah, I uh I think it usually it comes out around noon Eastern, but maybe it's maybe it's this morning. I I, I really don't know. Um Nebraska won't be in it, I know that, so um, maybe maybe they will be by the end of the year, but they won't be the start.
1: Sam, I uh, wanted to get to some of Matt Rule's comments from over the weekend after their scrimmage. Obviously, the big thing that – and we haven't quite gotten to this because me and Damon have been goofing off this morning. but Not um, true, not true. <laughs> obviously, kind of the big takeaway was Xavier Betts no longer being with the team. Um, yeah. When When you hear that and kind of as you look at the wide receiver room, I guess – what are your thoughts on it? Just how big of a deal is the departure of Bets? from, I guess, both from his standpoint and from a, a football standpoint?
0: Uh, he, he can speak to how big of a deal it is for him. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I wrote this today. 99.9% of the people in America don't play college football. So, you know, I think, I think that you can have a very productive and, and full life not doing it, um, even though I cover it, and I'm glad that I do. So I'm, I wish him well, and I'm sure he'll be just fine. Um, you know, as it relates to uh, the team, yeah, I think it's a loss. Um, I think it was always going to be a two-year conversation with him. You know, I think it was going to take him a year to accl- acclimate back and get back to things. And, and um, maybe he would have had, you know, I don't know, 20, 20 grabs this year, something like that. Now that he is gone, um, it just puts more stress on the receiver position. Um, I think, uh, obviously, they don't have anybody with Xavier Betts talent and experience uh, at this point. Xavier, obviously, probably the most talented player on the team in terms of receiver, uh, so he's gone. Um, so now you got to rely more on an Alex Bullock, who I think is probably pretty talented, uh, Ty Hahn, don't know a ton about him. I know he was good in high school. Hasn't done a lot at Nebraska. Um, you know, some other guys uh, that are in the program. Obviously, Billy Kemp will be the number one receiver. Marcus Washington it will, will come back, and he'll be fine. Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda. I think this provides an opportunity, provided Arik Gilbert is eligible, uh, to use your tight ends a lot more. If Nebraska is able to put Thomas Fedoni and Eric Gilbert on the field at the same time, I'm not sure there's any other team in the Big Ten, maybe short of Ohio State, that has that kind of versatility at tight end. And so I think the Gilbert waiver is important. Um, I don't know where it's going to – Rule didn't seem to have an answer on where it was going to turn out yet, although his demeanor indicated to me that he wasn't he – didn't, he didn't necessarily expect great news there. Um, but I think they have an opportunity to utilize their tight end in a way that offsets the inexperience at receiver.
2: Sam, if you're taking a look at kind of the, the, the coaching temperament, I was talking to Ravi about this earlier, and you, you, you take kind of some of the, the last week's press conferences, are, do you feel like you have a good enough vibe on the staff where you're either not getting coach speak, you know if it's coach speak, where you think what, what's being said gives you the real tenor of what's going on?
0: For the most part, I think some coaches are still, you know, young and, they want to make sure that uh, that they're saying the right things, communicating the right messages to their players. Um, I do think it's inevitable that you get coach speak from coaches, right? So you're not, you know, that that some of what they say is designed to be a message for their players, designed to be a message for the fans, maybe even they're designed to be a message for their boss. Um, and so, you know, you have to know that, that some of what, what they say is, is a byproduct of that. They talk a lot about consistency. They talk a lot about dependability, um, learning the playbook. I mean, Matt Rule said now multiple times that the receivers have to, the young receivers have to learn the playbook, and that it's hard um, to, to be on point right away. He's right about that. Mm-hmm. There aren't a ton of receivers that are able to do it. Um, I think they knew that going in. I think they hoped they were going to have more more players. Available to them uh, than they do. So, um, yeah, he's talked about that. Um, we have, uh, I'll be intrigued to see who the number two quarterback is. I'm guessing they'll just go with an OR uh, next to Harburg and Purdy's name. I, I, I doubt they pick one. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll have a true pecking order. Uh, they seem to like their running backs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they feel about as good as they're going to feel about the team. Not knowing how they're going to respond at Minnesota, but that's the great thing. I mean, the, the real test is the three hours at Minnesota. How do they? How do they play? And not just do they win the game or do they lose the game, but do they achieve the things in the first game that you you want to see them achieve? And do they play in a way that that you can carry so many things forward to the next game um, that are good? Uh, so I think I think that's probably the part that we most excited to see is how his team handles that first that first exam and the second exam against Colorado which is a weird opponent it'll be hard to know exactly what they're going to do probably the true mystery team in college football you do not know how they're going to come out and play against TPU nobody knows and so Nebraska won't know until they watch that game that Saturday what team they're really going to face so they've got two tests right off the bat that'll be really interesting for for them to, to go through
1: We're talking with Sam McEwen, uh, sports editor at the Omaha World-Herald. Sam, um, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the specific pieces on offense. Rule said the defense is significantly ahead of the offense right now. Um, Is there a point where you're going to be concerned about the progress the offense has made, or is is it a total wait-and-see-until-Minnesota situation?
0: Well, I think I've said a couple of times that I think the offense is going to be a work-in-progress all season. Um, the things that they want to do on offense, uh, you know, the ways the ways they want to play, it, it really, uh, and I kind of wrote about it today. You're going to have to wait and see how you run the football against a Big Ten defense with your running backs. Um, can your offensive line block uh, and can your running backs get yards? Um, I don't know that there's a magic number there, but I'd say if you're getting 150 yards with your running back, Without having to use the quarterback, I think you're in really good shape in an offense like this. If you're getting a hundred yards, I don't think you're in quite as good a shape. And honestly, there were times, you know, last year and in 2017 when they last threw the ball a lot, um, where they were getting 65 yards, and that, that that's gonna it's, you better have one hell of a passing offense if you're gonna you're only gonna have 65 yards rushing. So, um, so much of it depends on okay, how do you run the football with your running backs? How do you block up front? And then how much are you willing to use your quarterback in the run game? Because there is a relationship between greater usage of quarterback runs and greater turnover rate. It's just there's a relationship there. We don't have to – there's proof. So, um, you know, that that's going to be one of the biggest questions of the season. And, and Matt Rule is going to have to cross that bridge probably every week. Uh, and what you hope is that you don't have to cross it too much.
2: Sam, we're speculating, but I'm operating – uh uh based this question based on the fact i think you know or have a good feel of what complementary football looks like if nebraska is who he says they want to be you know run the ball play good defense have good special teams how how will chunk plays in the offense versus lack of chunk plays in the offense versus having quality special teams have to mirror one another in your opinion? In this first year, given the personnel that they have,
0: we have to mirror each other considerably, and it's really important that when you think about how you're going to get big plays, you know, we can go back to the Scott Frost era. Um, Scott Frost's offense in 2021 produced
2: a lot of big plays.
0: did. I think he did they led the won.
2: conference, right? Yeah,
0: and they also they also gave up 30 some sacks, and one of the reasons why is because. Some of the plays they wanted to run were these long, long ride, um, long fake, crossing tight ends, crossing with, you know, like Tyreek Hill-style routes where Samari Torres going all the way across the field. And it breaks open, but it takes a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so those were high-risk, high-reward plays, and you, you, your line had to block it. And it's not always easy to block it when they're bringing five or six and you didn't really bring – and you didn't leave anybody in or the person you left in can't block. Uh, they're running back. And, and so that stuff happened. And they had to work through it. And they, you know, as a result, Martinez got hurt. There were a lot of circumstances where Nebraska could get chunk plays with Austin Allen or Travis Vokalek or whoever. They'd get in the red zone and they'd stall out. And then they'd take a sack and then they'd miss a 37-yard field goal. None of that's complimentary football. I think what Matt Rule has talked about in terms of working with coaches who protect the offensive line, I think that should tell you something about how often they want to they want to allow negative plays on offense. Mm-hmm. I like think they want to really limit those. And in limiting those, they can kind of play in the middle of the field. They can punt. Uh, they can play some defense. I think their defense is going to be designed to try to, to get teams behind the sticks. Um, and so I think they probably hope they win a field position game and that sooner or later – you're able to put together a nine or ten play drive, run the football, maybe hit a maybe hit a shot downfield. You know, get a get a play action, get a guy behind somebody. Um, use those tight ends. I think they're going to be crucial, uh, and you know, kind of play it like that. I, Grant, again, what you'd love to see is that they would have a run game that's like Wisconsin's run game for however many years, where you don't really have to use the quarterback. You just use your running back, and and he gains yards, and it's kind of hard to stop, but. I don't know if they have that. I don't know if they have that kind of line, and I don't know if they have that kind of player at what,
2: running back. I what, think Gaber might be that guy, but you never know. What about this, Sam? Because uh, this got me thinking. If you if you bring those penalties down, right, procedure, false starts, things like that, and you run the ball downhill, I could talk myself into this being a significantly more efficient offense. What, but, may, you know, without using the word better, right? If you just eliminate negative plays, which I think is a controllable. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: you're right. I think if you eliminate procedural penalties, that's good. Again, I may you wrong about what I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, I might. In my experience, pre-snap penalties... Happen when you have a multiplicity of shifts and formation groups and new players coming in and out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, what Nebraska intends to do is they intend to use different players on almost every play, right? They're not going to use a lot of tempo. And so, they're going to have shifts and formations when they go to the when they go to the line of scrimmage. They're going to get to the they're going to get at times. They're going to get out of the huddle late. They're going to have to move to the line of scrimmage. So they're going to have to have all those things in place. And I, I'm guessing they'll, they'll take some it'll take some time to get used to that they had cut down mostly on their procedural penalties last year Um, you know they had some issues in the frost era which I've chalked up to him uh, more than I did the players of lining up and getting things right and getting the play in and all these other things they cleaned it up mostly last year Um, I think they could go I think they could have some issues again this year because it's sort of a different system and it's a different setup. You're absolutely right that if you can control those and you can eliminate those, you're automatically putting yourself in in a really good position. In this offense that they want to run, I think you have to have you know trade essentially. You have to flip your formations and you have to shift and um, motion and personnel groupings. You have to find a way to get the defense a little bit off kilter so that when you run the play that you're trying to run, they're not just they're not off. So I think you're going to see some procedural penalties, to be honest with you, but we'll see. And maybe, maybe, maybe we won't like, I always think about what is going to be relatively true of the team. And then what do I expect based on what they're going to do? And then like, what, what's the high end of the execution, the low end of the execution. And I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what will happen or could happen on offense. The defense is the wild card. That defense could come out and be so confusing and so dominant and I'm not saying it's because they have dominant players, but it could be so confusing to Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't really know what to do. And it could be that kind of thing. And then three weeks later, they can play somebody. And that team, is, let's say it's Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. And Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Tech has all the answers. Um, you know, it's just that defense is it's not a gimmick, but it's different. And it's going to its gonna throw some teams off this year. And you're going to see teams that just don't know what the hell to do. like. Michigan State in 2011 with Kirk Cousins against Bo's defense. They had no idea what to do. (laughs) Kirk Cousins was a good college quarterback, and they were baffled by what Nebraska was doing. And Nebraska ran one defense all day. So that kind of thing can happen, and I think it will happen two or three times this year where you're like, man, this Tony White defense is legit. Then there'll be a couple other games where they get run through and you'll wonder what the heck happened.
1: Sam, I'm curious with the way – you know, talking about complimentary football and, and the way, you know, I think, you know, the season could go. I'm curious what you think the fan reaction would be if Nebraska had a season more or less similar to Iowa last year, where you end up 7-5 and five in the regular season, say, really good defense, but the offense is borderline infuriating at times. How do you think that would go over here in year one of rule? If that if it played out that way,
0: well, I think people would be really happy with the record, and so there would be this group of people that's like, "We just went seven and five. We have nothing to complain about, even if the offense wasn't very good." And then you would have a group of people who, because Nebraska football fans, and again, I cover Nebraska football, so I know they're kind of snobbed. and so like, <laughs> mm. and I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean that like they know what good football looks like and they yeah. have high standards. yeah. And so, and so Damon knows this because he was part of the best teams in school history. And so like everybody has that reference point of like, okay, well, we know that seven and five is better than the crap that they've been doing, but simultaneously, um, you know, wow, that offense looks really bad. Let's be honest, And I don't, I don't think Frank Solan should have been let go. I think he should have been given as many years as it took for him to get a losing record which he may never have had but you know in 2003 when people were watching that team his last team there were times when Bo Bellini's defense was otherworldly I mean it was the best defense in the country at many many games mm-hmm. but people are like we can't run this offense anymore we can't do this we can't we can't lose 38-9 to Kansas State we can't lose 31 to whatever three or seven to Texas and Like, this is embarrassing, and we can't do this. And so it doesn't make any difference how good Bo's defense is. Um, This offense will not pass. And so he got let go. And I think Steve Peterson, who was a snob, um, was that. Like, he was, you know, he was like, oh, I mean, I know what great football looks like. I was in the athletic department when they won all these games in the 80s and the 90s. This will not do. And and so they got rid of Solwich, and I... So my point being that Nebraska could go seven and five, and there's going to be a lot of fans, especially young ones, they are going to be like, "We don't care how it looks." And then there's going to be older fans that will be like, "But we know how it looks when it's great, mm. and we're not
2: there yet." That kind of thing. Like, I, wa- I wonder. Rally had to deal with that too. I wonder how much, you know, potentially we've been conditioned to look for. Like we'll have this mental checklist, right? Up, oh, they're not fumbling the ball. They're not. They're <laughs> hitting the hole. They're. Um, you know, they don't have negative plays in terms of procedural stuff where we'll be encouraged just because it's different than what it has been. Not necessarily lowering of the standards, but just shifting making progress the emphasis. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think there's
0: there's definitely a possibility for that. And I don't want to again, I'm not saying the Nebraska football fans are snobbed in a negative way. I'm saying that, like, they are the person you go to the movie with, and this, is, this person would be me, <laughs> who is, like, knows how the movie is put together and judges it not just on what was it entertaining to me, did my eyes glaze over for two hours, but, but like, how it, was, how it was put together and how it was shot and how it was directed. Nebraska fans are like that. And so they'll track a lot of those different things. And, and again, I think the way the question – I try to answer the question you asked me, and that was the question. I think a lot of fans would be thrilled. There's still going to be some fans that are like, we want to see another cut. And I think we want to see another level. Yeah. And that's just how Nebraska football is, and that's part of what made it great.
1: Sam McEwen from Omaha World Herald. Sam, we appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Sam. Take care. More coffee and cream coming up next here. On Hail Varsity Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha.